0: I think Islam hates us. They have done nothing except wreak havoc and terror for our faith and And our religion.
1: We, when we stand up to those who oppress our communities, that Allah accepts from us that as a form of jihad. Foundations of society are fragile. We must be the shepherds of our own civilization.
0: Anyone answers either yes or no without making necessary distinctions, both are not telling the truth. They're lying.
1: Father, we pray that your word will become a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces. That you will raise up in this nation pulpits and prophets that will call the nation back to repentance. Will you distance yourself from those who think differently, or will you join us at the table and talk about what is really important? This is the Maida Initiative, conversation will not come from mine.
0: I don't actually have coffee in this. I have 7-Eleven guava drink. But I put in a coffee cup to make myself look more adult.
1: Well, this coffee reminds me of the Bangladesh time and Dubai, because uh, this is a Nescafe. Pretty much people don't drink Nescafe here. And yeah, it's been after a long time, I've been drinking this, so it's quite a little. Good. I am okay, in mean Bangladesh or somewhere.
0: Good, good. I've never been to Bangladesh, but I have been to Dubai. Yeah. How much time have you spent there?
1: Dubai, I've been there. Uh, pretty much whenever I was traveling uh, back home and I just had a layover for two, three days. Pretty much I've been there two, three times.
0: Okay. the It's an interesting country.
1: Interesting country. I would say it's a westernized uh, Arab country.
0: That was what was most surprising about it to me because I landed about one in the morning. So if you're there at night, you go to the airport. The rental car place. You drive on the freeway, then you get to the hotel. Yeah. You would not if if you if you weren't told, you would not know you've left America. True,
1: because uh, most of the people just tell me, uh, and even when I was there, I just saw uh, the roads, uh, the construction, and the, um, even the freeways are designed as American. As I say, that is totally westernized, and um, it's a catchy. Catchy uh, spot for the tourist, and you know, the tourists are mostly from America and Europe and other places. Uh, those have exotic money mm-hmm. to spend in Dubai and go there for an holiday. So, totally the city of say, Dubai is designing in so that they can support people easily.
0: Yeah, well, well, they're obviously doing something right, in that there's a lot of people living there, but. At the same time, it kind of feels like a hotel.
1: Well, as I say, Dubai is a small, small place. Um, people just go there for maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a month. Um, the people who live there for a living, like most of the workers from the third world country, they live a miserable life, That's yeah sure. But Dubai is a place for the people who love the luxury and uh, exotic things such as that you can uh, ride a taxi that is a uh, rolls there or maybe you know, you're flying somewhere and uh, you're just using the private jets if you have the money and you have exotic hotels like bourgeois and you have exotic islands like magnificent island it's uh, man-made but beautiful Pum-zumero yeah so um, those are the things like that makes people feel that dubai has something to give and in in between dubai takes a lot of dollars from the people as well
0: yeah w- one thing i noticed in dubai and other places i've traveled as well is that if you get outside of america the it's not that the gap between rich and poor is bigger but it's the way it's flaunted is bigger so, if you see somebody who's rich walking down the street in Dubai, you know that person is rich because they dress like they're rich.
1: True. I believe in that. Uh, but that's true. Like, you know, uh, the Dubai millennials are in that way. It's not kind of sure, but they are just maintain their standard. But some people, even who are billionaires like Bill Gates, they still go to the Dick's Burger to eat burger. Yeah, and uh, he's way simple dressed uh, to show up in public.
0: Yeah, and even even with Jeff Bezos, he doesn't. He dresses up a little more than Gates does. But you see Bezos, you wouldn't think. Oh, this here is the world's wealthiest man. He just dresses like a. Isn't he more? Isn't he more a tie?
1: Sometimes I believe that. Uh, sometimes I feel like uh, Mark Druckerberg, the Facebook owner, he drives uh, a car that is less worthy than my car. <laughs> Just a fun joke. I think uh, it's a wonderful feeling that you have the money um, uh, because uh, money can give you something to do. It's an evolution to uh, But money can't give you the everything. No. That's for sure.
0: Cannot give you everything. Could give you a, a Batmobile.
1: You know, everything uh, has to pay back. There's a payback always. Uh, if you are thinking, uh, if you're a business mind, um, if you're earning $1, you have 90 cents to spend somewhere. Probably people don't know. Our people sometimes they know. But there is always bill. That's how it's called American dreams. If you want to fulfill American dreams, you need to uh, get there where the money is, but also you should have a mindset that you've got to spend that money for your dreams. These days, dreams are expensive.
0: Yes. And I think the American dream has become more self-indulgent than it once was. Because there's, 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 two, there's two types of ambition. One is this ambition for greatness and to do great things. And there's also an ambition to have nice things. And sometimes those things align. And I think often if you're trying to do great things, that's usually going to be a benefit to someone. Not necessarily, but you know, often it is.
1: From there, it comes about... Uh... A topic called purpose every single thing that we do it has a purpose even if you are earning learning it has a purpose purpose you cannot earn it right away I believe you'll have to wait for a certain time then when you are approximately or probably you 90% fulfilling your necessities like your family members like your wife like your girlfriend like anything and then, if you have a leftover, that's called money in the storage. That can be uh, used for many purposes. Probably, you can grow money out of it. That's called you know, money planting. And second of all, you can help people to grow them. And also, uh, you can use it as an you are utilizing that money for the mankind. I hold myself the person who goes with the second one. Because I've always been living in if society is giving you a chance. Sometimes, like, we're living so alone here. We don't have any social life in America. Sometimes. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we go for hangouts uh, uh, Meeting people and Starbucks or saying hi, hello. We have... We have always smiled to each other. But did we really smile to each other from our heart? No. Most of the time it's a fake smile. But we do it because it's a courtesy. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel that okay. If you're not having a good day, you might have a good day. There's an inspiration. The smile comes out there. So the whole point of saying is this. You can always make a difference at how you think about things like money. Like anything, it can be religion, it can be your social life, it can be family life, it can be your motivation. How you can motivate yourself at others. So, good thing is uh, uh, money can be a good motivator if you take it in a positive way. I believe.
0: So, if you had, if you, if you had a million dollars to invest mm-hmm. or do whatever with, what would you? What, what would you, if you? Starting tomorrow, what would you do with that?
1: I'm gonna start something that uh, that's gonna value definitely more than a million where I'm gonna invest. It can be any business that's gonna involve a lot of people around the globe, and it also gonna involve them with their education. It's definitely gonna be a process that will train themselves to at least have an idea how the things get done, how you deal with your bills, how you make your life better. If I'm making money out of a lot of people, I can I'm just I'm just using them. I'm not helping them for their future. And there is no use of skill that's called humanity there. So even if I'm opening up a factory tomorrow, I'll make sure that with eight hours of work on their break time, I'll probably I will add a free hour, maybe a paid hour for them. So that at least they can have a lot of topics they will know about. Them. Probably I will provide them with a visual training center in the factory so that they can learn more stuff. Maybe about entrepreneurship, maybe about how things work, like business management how the production works so that they can have an idea. uh, They can have that confidence that I can discharge something from tomorrow. That confidence I have because I have the million dollars. Probably they don't have one dollar in their pockets to invest.
0: So let's talk about that. So you've come to the country and you've kind of had to, after school ends, you've basically had to figure out how to, exist from scratch here and a lot of international students who have moved here are in a similar situation what advice would you give to somebody who's in school from you know not from a wealthy country that pays all your scholarships like china or saudi arabia but from a sort of you know, from a country where they're not getting a ton of scholarships and every month is difficult to pay the bills
1: i would say first thing stay motivated that you've got to study hard because uh, the four years of your stay or five years of your stay, or maybe the years that the embassy seals you there, um, in your passport, depending on how many years, this is a time you are sowing the seed of your future. When I was an international student, I had to, I had to motivate myself every day, because it was tons of work from the school, from the business, and from so many things, from probably family responsibilities back home. Because I'm from a family who has uh, so many things going on and time together. And also uh, I was running the business back home and here. So you'll have to be always focused. Student life, as an international student life, is uh, nothing but working 18 hours every day you will have to literally function with your brain for 18 hours. If you can, you will succeed. Four years, probably approximate if I just uh, cut off the chilling hours or chilling days, maybe 1200 days from your life, if you can do that, if you are staying motivated, if you are budgeting your time, money, So also if you are utilizing
0: your opportunities. So even then, you've you've you're running a business, doing international, but you still had time to get to know people and to explore bigger ideas. True. How have you how what made you prioritize doing that even in the middle of everything? Because for a lot of people, bills are hitting you deadlines are hitting you and it just seems like okay I can't think about this stuff right now I've got to wait until when I'm not having to do stuff anymore
1: yeah so pretty much I had time to meet people because the American education itself is wonderful I'll say the community college um, there are like so many hours that you can do as a volunteer work uh, in so many places there you can make good connections and they become good friends And also, if you're involved in community work, like, you know, if you're going for any volunteer works in any organizations and anything, or sometimes in the school, they involve you in so many programs that, okay, you've got to meet people. That's called community welfare work or something like that. From there, you get to meet people. And American people are always enthusiastic to meet new people from different cultures because diversity itself makes married couple. and so the community I was involved in they were always welcoming they were always there like to hear me out what I'm thinking and how I'm doing things from there I had I had met a lot of people and very good connections and uh, still uh, we are in touch and we have been very good friends and today we are meeting because of the connections
0: yeah, absolutely so, to networking so
1: networking so And also, like in the classes, community college is not that okay if you're 19 or 18 or 16. Or maybe if you're not still adult and you're going to school, not like that. You meet from 14 to 65. And the 14 years old have something to say. 65 years old have something to share about their life experiences. From there, you get to know each other. And you get to know like how you can make differences, you know, evolving and learning from their experiences. And that's wonderful. And they give you always the space to brainstorm. And you do it and you share that and accept it if you have any flaws. They will gently tell you, Okay, no, you shouldn't think it that way. You you just do it in a different way.
0: So I'm curious, um, with meeting new people at community college, I'm I'm curious if you ever met any Christians back in Bangladesh.
1: Not really, I haven't met any Christian friends back home. Because uh, even in the even in the high school, I I can't remember if I have met any Christian friends. Uh, not in this college, not in the university. I guess. Uh, The first time I went to a Catholic church back home, like to see how to celebrate the Christmas in back in 2013 out of curiosity and um, some friends went with me there and yeah, we're just showing like beautiful Christmas lights. That's it. That was, um, to me, um, Christmas was like, uh, oh, there'll be good lights in church. Maybe sometimes they'll give you a free pastor. So, uh, yeah, relevant that I don't know what's going
0: on there. And then describe to me the sort of journey you've had what, of meeting Christians, talking about ideas, and what the, the kind of impression that's left on you and what you've learned from that.
1: Well, I would say um, mostly my friends from America, they're Christians and they have. Impacted me in a good way. Um, As a Muslim, they accepted me as one of them. And uh, that was wonderful. Uh, My host family uh, was uh, Christians. Uh, They were Christians. And um, uh, my host dad was uh, a pastor in in the church. And he's a wonderful person. Uh, I never felt... uh, probably I haven't experienced the Catholic version of the Christians yet, but protestant uh, they're wonderful people. They always share with you the things uh, that is wonderful about religion. They never push you to accept it. Because uh, believing this, if you're created as a human by God, that means you have the ability to think, you have the wisdom to think, like uh, which path you're choosing or even if you're not choosing any path how are you going to work towards peacekeeping among the religions so from there uh, I got curious to know more about me more about myself more about my religion more about other religions more about how I can make a difference in society when like I can't technically do it in balance because ninety eight percent is Muslim and it's very hard to find a religion. Alis will keep this. But here, oh, in America, in Seattle, I mean we have tons of different people. And they have different religion, different things, uh, different color, different um, language, different tune, different height. So uh, yeah, I felt like it's necessary to understand what is the value what is the principles of other religions and from there I, I, I got to know a lot of stuff from my friends and I've been very, very good friends with my um, host families and um, I have met a wonderful person in my life John Swain and his wife Pat Swain I lived with them actually almost six months and uh, living in a Christian family never bothered me as a Muslim. I pray, to as well, to pray. Um, we pray for each other in a different way, like according to our own religious way. But you know, it's been wonderful. The friendship has been there for five years. John made me think more about my religion, because when you have conversation with people, probably you have zero percent of knowledge. Probably sometimes you have five percent of knowledge probably have 100% of knowledge. I thought that, you know, John as a Christian, he has more knowledge than me about Islam. I had to study. And I discovered that, okay, I was practicing Islam because I was born as Islam, in you know, a family, Muslim family. Not like that, okay. I accepted Islam from my heart. That happened when I was digging into it. I was digging into it, like, what's going on?
0: So, so when you when you go digging into it, where are the places? Where is the location that you dig? Mostly, believe history.
1: How you can relate yourself that you are uh, going towards the truth. Truth versus truth. You need to understand like how the principle works. The basic principle differences. Why the Christianity differs from Islam. And maybe uh, why a Christian probably thinking different than a Muslim so from there like ideologies why ideologies are different why Islam said that there's not gonna be prophets after Muhammad and, and why Christian people believing in a different way so yeah, so basic differences and one of the funny part I would say it's a fun part because we also tried to find the similarities between the two religion, and we worked on it and we find so many similarities because uh, it's just a vice versa probably from the principle is saying that you have one creator but as the messenger other messenger you guys get different or maybe we got different the belief
0: system so, so one of the key things i think i discovered when when looking at this is is basically i think we have very different ways about relating to authority or, or not and not necessarily i'm not necessarily talking about human leaders although it covers that so let me, let me, let me pitch to you my, my understanding of the general sunny view of where you kind of, how people, how people are supposed to sort of relate to Islam and t- tell me if you think I'm being fair here. So the idea is that every, everything in, in Mecca pre Muhammad is the jahiliya, right? The ignorant, time of ignorance and everyone, everything's tribe, everything's power everything's multiple gods yet there's one person muhammad who's willing to stand against the whole community and say no 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 no. this is not right there's only one god and then through him you kind of have the you have the quran come down but then what that does is it creates this community which muhammad implicitly trusts so he says my ummah, my community will never agree upon an error So, and he says again, Allah's hand is over the group and whoever differs with them differs to hell. So there's this expectation that the Muslim community as a whole won't be misguided. I mean, that's very different in Shia Islam, but in Sunni Islam, that's that's the idea. And you have things where they say the scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. So you have the prophets come down and you have the rightly guided caliphs in Sunni Islam at least from 1200 onwards and then you have this community of the the ulama led by the ulama who kind of guide who kind of guide the community and give them an ideal of what it, of what Islam is supposed to be because you have the sunnah right you have the quran you have the hadith you have the sirah literature the biographies but it's so vast that if you just try and dive into all that yourself, it's very, very complicated.
1: I guess if you're not uh, willing to have the complication, you just do one thing. You just follow the lifestyle of Muhammad, in love with yourself. It's wonderful.
0: Well, 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 sure, but you've got to decide what that is.
1: Yeah, I mean that is what that is that is what it's called Sunnah. You gotta you gotta follow the Sunnah. And once you're following um the footpath, how the prophet did his things in his lifetime and his lifestyle itself is a is an example of a good lifestyle. And uh from there you just if a Muslim is truly following Quran and after the Prophet's lifestyle, I don't think so, like he can be misguided. It's wonderfully described in Quran and in Sunnah and in Hadith. So, uh, I think, you know, I know, I mean, I believe, I believe, I see that people are uh, being different by the different sects of Islam. That's scary sometimes. Sometimes it questions me too. Okay, I've been following Islam uh, my whole life. Um, you know, people and the sunnah, probably prophet following everything, and you know, some people are not doing it, and some people are doing it differently. And why is that? From there, if you have that thoughts in your mind, you can you can also deal with that thoughts. Like how? Hey, okay, you gotta believe in the principle. What your prophet said. You know, There'll be so many sects. but you going to understand that what's your, how you gonna hold your belief in one thing, and I think that's the that's the beauty of the religion. like how you holding your belief, it's a belief system. Definitely, the way the Islam is presented these days, it's not the way the Islam is. When I say my name, Muhammad. People look at me differently. Probably traveling when I'm travelling around like, on, you know, entering the United States. It happened. It can happen. i would not say they're racist to us. It's because of their national security. Because they had a lot of things they had to pay for this, for loss. But I'm not even I'm not even blaming the other part of Islam here. No. Some people are really innocent, like who are being tortured, or being, you know, they're living a miserable life because of the power of the Western country. And that's very true. Islam has a part called Jihad, and Jihad has significant meaning. And I can, I can proudly say that, okay, Jihad has a wonderful meaning if you understand it, but if you're not understanding it, you are getting misled. And people are getting negative ideas about jihad. Jihad can be, that can be in a good way. Jihad can be a positive way, but jihad cannot be accepted as a negative way. If I'm believing in a liberal Muslim ideas that I believe in, I don't want any war, I don't want any violence. Jihad means you can raise your voice. It means the authority, okay. No, you cannot do this to me because I'm a Muslim. If I'm raising this voice in the airport, that means I'm trying to protect my identity. Because I'm different, That can be jihad. Simple.
0: But people are bringing it in way. So I think, yeah, obviously the word jihad in Arabic just means struggle. But at the same time, if you go to the Kitab al Jihad, the book of Jihad in Sahih Muslim, the main theme of that is is warfare. So it's not to, s- and and even then most Americans believe in a just war in some circumstances. So it's not just enough to say, okay, this has, this, this has rules regarding warfare and that's bad. But I think jihad in the context in the Islamic world definitely conjures up images of warfare. And even the inner meaning means sort of warfare on yourself.
1: True, when, you when somebody is uh, dangerous to me, when somebody is dangerous to my religion, when somebody is invading, invading me, me, and they're trying to destroy us as a nation, as they're trying to destroy the identity of prophets and Islam, we'll have to, we'll not have to step back. We can step down, forward, for facing it. I told you, it can be debate can be warfare as you say it can be um, anything and i think in the past like if you relate to it okay mostly it's connected to the warfare because uh, in every community when it grows like okay let's get an example of of seattle there it's not like it was not like that today right it was way different when it was 1950s maybe 1940s who do you know about Washington? Like, people like you know, New York, probably, but mostly the places, Texas. Nobody even knew. I didn't even know, like, there's a state called Washington. I heard about Seattle, maybe. Yeah. But who knows?
0: I met an American guy who came to my school in England and I asked him if he was, he said he was from Washington. And I said, oh, the city or the state? And he's like, Washington's a city, man. It's not a state. He's from so, DC. Didn't know this one existed.
1: So, uh, yeah. So, from there, you have to be trusted if you want to grow as a community. And Islam did it too. And before, it was decided by the words. And if you think in that way, that means okay, I can accept it. Islam, God, spread. By the worse. They won the battles. And they established the era of Islam. And that's wonderful. Because, like, they came up with the truth. And they preached the people. You definitely cannot show me an example when Islam was getting spread. There was a violence from the Muslim people. Like, okay, if they own the battle, they would have been nice to the people. They give them the opportunity to educate themselves in an Islamic way they, f- they let them follow even the uh, the guys who were fighting against them those were caught even they were trained in Islamic way so that they can have a better life and that's wonderful that's that's the whole part of having child in your life and I don't believe that there is nothing wrong in it but There's a huge difference between the invasion and jihad. Uh, The Western countries, the way they're invading the other lands, I don't know. It's probably for their national interest. If you think in a diplomatic way. Like, okay, if they're thinking, if they're being diplomatic, they'll be saying, um, we're invading countries because our alliance are not safe our alliance and not say that you know, we need to protect them. But there is a, there is always something in between that we we never dig into. National interest. You know, when US invaded Iraq, Iraq, what happened? They invaded the whole country. Who is getting all the resources right now? Who is using uh, all the resources in Iraq, United States? So it's about national interest.
0: Yeah, and, and I think I think that's part of it. I think there's a, I think there's some deeper stuff to that as well, because I think generally trade and friendship is more profitable than war for for the majority of people. But I think what happens is you have a generation of people growing up calling the Second World War generation the greatest generation. So you have, you have a generation where fascism is invading the world and Americans go get on planes and boats and lay down their lives to liberate Europe and the Pacific from fascism, right? They push the Nazis back. They push the Japanese back. And then they actually rebuild Japan and Germany and leave them as peaceful, prosperous countries. Now, obviously, that's a slightly airbrushed version of things. But that is the ideal that a lot of people grew up in. And I think if, you're, if you grew up thinking this is what the greatest generation did, this is what greatness looks like, military conquest, then restoring the world to what it was, then inevitably the way you become great is by finding a tyrant somewhere sending in the troops, getting rid of the tyrant and rebuilding the country and leaving it prosperous I don't think people went in thinking yeah we're going to screw over the Iraqis and get their stuff I think they I think they're just looking at the world simplistically and their naivety has plunged the world into chaos
1: well I would say it Still, uh, it's uh, way beyond my imagination because it involves politics, diplomacy, and everything. But still, I would, I would say, uh, as you say, there is a, there can be a possibility of creating a friendship, and that's wonderful. I know uh, leadership and the position of a leader is very important to them to him, to thyself, and once you're in position, you never want to leave the position, you don't want to be, you know, be someone's under name it. and uh, you just want to be yourself, to lead something, and that's actually, um, that comes with greed, that comes with power, that comes with chaos. Arab countries have this system and uh, that's more of chaotic some of the Arab countries these days even like you know the way they are ruling the country I don't believe like okay they call themselves Arab or, or they fall in Islamic era I know it because uh, no. it's not like that I'm being more conservative but no because if you're referring to yourself to something, that means uh, you add it to it. You find yourself adjacent to it. You're believing in that. But if you're not, then you're faking
0: So I think this this kind of brings it back to the back to the issue, right? So we're talking about the sunnah being the prophet's life, but obviously, the hadith is vast, and I, I almost compare it to say six different 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzles in a a bunch of different smaller boxes, and people are trying to assemble those jigsaw puzzles together, and they come to different conclusions sometimes. So, obviously, ISIS is coming to their own conclusions about things, and al-Qaeda came to a different set of conclusions, and the majority of sunnis are coming to completely different conclusions than they're coming to because all of this stuff is interpretation in in a lot of ways but that's that i think is one of the the biggest battles in the muslim world now is defining terms and defining the sunnah because the I, from what from i was listening to sheikh yasakari do you know who sheikh yasakari is He's pretty. He's pretty good. He's very balanced in the way he talks about things. They're this very courageous stand against ISIS actually, and he got a uh, he got a, fat, a a death fatwa put on him by ISIS, but they never got him. He's he's still alive and active. But what he said is that you don't want to dive into the sinner by yourself. In the same way that if you're not a trained medical professional. You wouldn't just open up the books of medicine and go and you know diagnose yourself and give and prescribe yourself a treatment. You have to go to a trained medical professional. So saying in the same way, if, if you're not trained in classical Arabic, in, this, in the proper understanding of the source materials, and you haven't had a proper training, you're not qualified to go back to the Quran and the Sunnah and make decisions about how things work yourself. What I say to you,
1: even I can I can relate to that. I told you, I mean the whole point of being a Muslim I didn't even understand when I was nineteen. I came here and I had a chance to talk with people and I knew that how less I know about my religion. There's always a kick in your life that where you try to understand what actually you are believing in. Mostly the Muslim people they don't know. Exactly what they are doing why they are doing it, why they are doing it. Actually, why they are why they are Muslim, why they call themselves Muslim. You'll have to accept Islam from your heart if you want to be a Muslim, if you want to call yourself a Muslim. It's it's a it's it's a good thing. It's a great thing, and also, it's it's a great accomplishment that if you can do it. But before that you get to know you get to know like what actually islam says as i said the chaos those chaos cannot be chaos unless you know what exactly you are thinking about your religion what exactly islam has to offer you and what exactly islam has that heritage to share with you lot of people have the bond with the religion not from the heart but from the heart if the prophet's lifestyle is in my heart if uh, if I'm believing in God, Allah for 100% and it's uh, the fear, I would say the fear because uh, you fear somebody at least when you fear you do less wrong things, or you don't do it, or you don't do the most wrong things. That's what I learned from my perspectives. And God is somewhere, He's willing to forgive you. That's the beauty of the religion, that's the beauty of any religion. There's the main similarities between Christianity and Islam that God forgives, Allah forgives. You'll have to seek him in life. That's that's wonderful. When Allah is so wise, when God is so wise to do that, when He is the superior power. We humans are misled. We are not educating ourselves. Sometimes I I call it self enlightenment. Sometimes you figure things uh he didn't go to uh, he didn't have all the degrees done but he had a philosophy of understanding the life and he sticked to it and today he's successful not because like he has money or he's the richest not the richest like I don't know what's the number right now and he has money, No, I'm not saying for that he's successful. I'm saying because he has done so many things for the community. From that level you measure people like how they are successful, how you are impacting the community. So the same thing the Islamic community, the Muslim community should understand that conservativeness towards religion, You know, this is the time to listen up, to listen up, to be more, more, more open to the changes. I'm not saying accept the changes.
0: Hey, come in. We're recording, but come take a seat.
1: Uh, I'm saying um, just, uh, just take it in a proper way.
0: So, in in that, when you say... So, so clarify exactly what you mean by you liberal and conservative here and what you want people to take away from that and how you're hoping people will think about things.
1: I think uh, the conservativeness or extremism is this. Uh, you'll have to um, definitely believe in the principles of any religion that you become the followers of that religion, for sure. That's are doing it, that's for sure. And then you don't question about it. But when you question about it, there should be someone like who makes you understand like why this makes sense, why it has logic, why it has um, nothing to do with the changes, maybe sometimes. Prove it to me. There should be more explanation rather you know exposing yourself to the atheism you understand what I mean yeah if you are not believing it I think most of the generation's problem is if you're not believing it that means you are not explained well by someone by probably for, um, by your family member by your seniors by your preacher by anyone
0: so what so what's actually really interesting here is that this is this is a battle that's been going on through pretty much the entirety of Islamic history because you've got in the golden age of, of Islam, you have a school of thought called the Mu'tazalites, And the Mu'atazilites believe in exactly what you're saying, right? You test ideas, you use logic to examine everything. But then towards the end of the Islamic golden age, you've, you, it really gives way to the idea of, okay, you don't ask too many questions. The idea of, is talk right? The questions have been answered. Find a scholar who you respect and imitate them.
1: Yeah, What I see is that sometimes the people... Mostly the Islamic, I mean, Islamic oriented people, they just give up. They just give up. They don't question. I feel feel so bad. Why? Because you must ask the questions when you don't know something. That's the first thing you do when you're lost. You ask someone, hey, which way goes there? So you cannot be lost. I mean, God hasn't created you in that way that you'll be lost all the time. You have a purpose. whole point of being a human is that you have to have a difference in your lifetime, in anything, maybe in your family life, maybe in your relationship, maybe in your... Uh, any of the things that you do. Maybe we're talking right now, we are we are influencing each other to think. You are influencing me to think. Probably we'll do it more often. Yes. Cause, uh, we have a thought and we got to share it because we are right now using the lens to magnify things so that we can find a solution to the problems the root of the problems is this people keep themselves ignorant of the fact that they are not knowing something they are blindly believing I know you love your religion there are two types of love that I believe in one is Love and you love blindly. And second one is uh, your love is uh, calculated. When you are dealing with religion, your love should be more calculated than some sort of blind. Why? If it's blind, you don't show it to people. But when it's calculated, you just share it to people because you are not.
0: And I think, and actually, I think the Bible is very intentional about this. So, so one thing that you'll see in in the Bible, you don't see a general trust of the community because in Exodus it says, "You shall not fall in with the many in order to do evil," N- meaning that when everyone else is doing something wrong, you 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 don't do that. Now, obviously, everyone believes that. No one believes that we should go, you know, join a group of people who are doing something evil. We should stand up. But there's this expectation there that often people don't have that their community will probably go wrong at some point and you might be the only one to stand up so the question that raises is well how on earth can i know if everyone else is wrong and i have to stand up against that and the the way that the israelites were to know what's right or wrong in deuteronomy 10 is that they were Everyone, every Israelite was expected to 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 read, to be able to write, to be able to memorize, internalize, and communicate the words of God in the Torah, which is the revealed law of God, to their children and to others around them. And Jesus emphasizes this later on in his ministry when he says to his followers, Call no man on earth father because you have one father in heaven nor be called rabbi or instructors because you have one instructor, the Christ or the Messiah, he's talking about himself. And what that expectation is, is that each and every person who believes should have an understanding of God's written words and what they mean. And because the context is actually contained within the Bible, that means you have a standard by which you can always test what your teachers are saying So 2 Timothy says, all scripture is breathed out by God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So the doctrine of the scriptures in Christianity is that God has spoken clearly enough and you're able to understand clearly enough that you actually have the capabilities to understand his words yourself. And then Paul, who's actually an apostle, right, who has prophetic gifts, he goes to a new town in Acts 17, and it says, these Jews here in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily to see if these things were true. That's not to say that they were really, really cynical, because that's not a great world to live in, where we're always very suspicious of what everyone else says but it's more of an attitude of when somebody says something says oh great sounds good we're going to check this though we're going to make sure this lines up with what god has already said and through that you get the standard to be able to test yourself to be able to test your leaders and to be able to test the world around you so you should always be interacting with the truth you should always be learning from the truth and you should always be seeking for what god says through through his word because that is sufficient for everything you need to know as, as a believer.
1: Got it. I mean, the same thing, like I would say, like, as you say, like, it's, uh, it's also relates to my religion as well. The idea of uh, how you can be there, how you can be there with the tool, the right tool. I think most of the people are misled to from any religion because they don't utilize the tool. You have the tools already. You say that's God's words. That's true. I mean, if you're reading any any holy book, it doesn't say any evil things. It always says in the favor of the mankind, or maybe you, how you live a good life. That's a similarity, and that's wonderful uh, between the religions. But unfortunately, this is our this irony that people are wise enough, but. Some people are out there from any community, those who are not understanding. So that's what my motto is. Whenever I talk to people, I just feel like okay, um, you'll not have to be extreme with something. If you are giving me ten dollars, I will take it when it's you are giving me as a reward. When you are taking everything on my life and giving me ten dollars, it doesn't work. There is always a fear when it's kind of extreme. I I don't want to go to heaven if if I'm feared here with that fear of my extinction in in the way of time, in the passage of time, like if I'm not following the, the right path. I know this is my choice, and I'm gonna follow the right path of Islam. And that's what religions needs to be interesting when there's an explanation. It doesn't need to be explained with fear. Because religion is the sweetest thing, a beautiful thing. That's the first thing, like Christianity, maybe, um, you know, Judaism, uh, anything.
0: Yeah, there's definitely sweetness, but at the same time, as people who are Christians, there's also been some pretty bad excesses in history as well, and we've had to correct those. In that you've had the the burning of heretics, you've had the crusades, you've had all all sorts of things that that are not good, and you, you've we, there's got to be a mechanism to be able to 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 deal with that and the mechanism has been ultimately the scriptures being applied. So I guess what I what I'm most curious about as how you think about this. You talk, you're talking about the sunnah that if, if we take the say the six sitter hadith collections you've got the Quran which would be about this thick and then Sahih al-Bukhari would be this much right and then you add all of them it's an you know, enormous amount of literature so w- would you would your goal to be to kind of read all of that or would it to be would that be your encouragement to all muslims to Honest,
1: i I'll just take the short period to know how it's uh, I know like there'll be uh, there'll be so many videos and uh, lectures and YouTube and online that you can uh, make yourself knowledgeable about what you're believing in in Islam. From there, there is an idea. Okay, sometimes the books are so big and makes you feel, oh, how am i am going to finish it? So, there needs to be some process or something like that, okay, I can find it, I can, you know, modernize a little bit and we can work on it and if I'm given an opportunity, definitely I'm going to work on it so that people can find the ideas easily. I'm searching something new to Google, that pops up with something, and that's wonderful. And the Christianity, the other religions, they advanced it because like, they have used the technology, they have used uh, uh, so many so many things. They have advanced themselves. So. Islam is advancing, but slowly. It needs to be a little faster. Uh, It's time to be a rabbit, not not to be a tortoise. So I would say I think that's 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 what Islam does. Islam should do these days.
0: Then I think though, if if everything, if you're taking the shortcut to that information though, obviously there's 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 things you're growing, but something that we've come across in I've come across going to church is that there's two types there's two major types of preaching that happen. In, in protestant churches one is called topical the other is called exegetical and, and the difficult if you do topical right you're picking a topic and you are just and you'll teach on that because you think that's what people need to hear so the, the danger with that is it's really easy to build yourself a version of things that are very convenient to you that fit your time and place that don't push you beyond that and the other,
1: say, sorry to interrupt, but I would say, like, the best idea would be to have conversation, inter-religion conversations. Like, okay, um, there are like a lot of community, uh, community gatherings these days uh, happening, where the people are coming from Christianity and people are coming from uh, Muslim community, people are coming from uh, other religions. They're they're meeting in a place and they're trying to talk to each other about the Day of Princes so that's wonderful when you have that conversation as i say like what impacted in my life this last five years is this i had conversation and i got to know i did to know about this topic i started i searched it i tried to find it what exactly it says what exactly it means how i'm gonna win this debate when you have that rcd I mean, you just you just master it so again you need a kick, and Islam needs it.
0: I think it's good. I think di- discussing ideas is important, and actually making sure you're learning it yourself rather than just inheriting it is is a really important thing. Yes. and and also to be able to actually understand what other people believe as well, and to actually do the do the work of having a honest inquiry into why people believe what they believe and where that comes from, rather than just, you know, so often I think we're on a script when we talk about religion. Oh, this person told me when I meet a Muslim to ask this question, or this person told me when I meet a Christian to say, where where does Jesus ever say I am God or where does he worship me, right? Just quote Zacchaeus verbatim. And that doesn't, I don't think that leads to a very good conversation.
1: Well, every time, like, you cannot prove exactly what they're looking for some people are out there like they need to have the explanation and logic in every sentence in every word you know, to tell to them as I say you have to have a love for a religion that love is two kinds it's blind you play blind and you play calculative
0: but I want I want to Kind of going back to the back to the sunnah though, right? If we if if the information from that comes from say YouTube searches, you know, revolving around specific topics, it, it seems to me that this is the difficulty in confronting issues in a lot of the Muslim world right now. Is that you'll have somebody come with a specific idea, and they're not able to really clearly articulate? Okay, this is why this would be bad from the source materials. But it's going to be, well, all the the reputable scholars agree with us and say, you're bad. Hmm. And then Al-Qaeda's or the Muslim Brotherhood scholars will say, no, 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 no. Your scholars are compromised. Our scholars are the ones that have a true interpretation of this. And this is the correct way to interpret the sunnah. And so it ends up being about power more than persuasion because it's basically my scholars versus your scholars, and you're basically choosing which scholars you find more compelling.
1: That can be happening only because of the power, and how um, these organizations get into the power, or how they got influenced. You can influence people in a bad way, you can influence people in a good way. Islam teaches people to influence people in a good way, in every way possible. Islam doesn't believe in violence. Islam doesn't believe in um, the way Islam is presented these days in the seminary, in the TV shows, in debates, in anything. Islam is a peaceful,
0: religious community. And that stream has always been there. But again, when you say Islam is this, Islam is that. Ultimately, what you're appealing... Going
1: back to the heritage time. But going back to the principles of Islam, when you study them, you find that okay, Islam does bad things in a way, and it cannot be
0: bound. But again, right, you're talking when you're talking about the, the, the time of its origin, you're ultimately talking about the records we have of it in the sunnah, mm-hmm. and some sunnah are absolutely going to agree with what you say another hadith are going to have a different interpretation as well. There have always been voices for peace and voices for less less than peace as well. And you you, re- you require scholarship to be able to navigate and through saying, no, we don't think this is reliable. You're missing the context here. Therefore, this is an evil thing to do, which which many people do. Let's be you clear about to, that.
1: You have to have an idea that's okay. The Quran itself, Quran is from the God and it came to us towards through the Prophet. And the Hadith is the is the thought process of an Islamic scholar about the lifestyle of Islam, or maybe the Prophets. Maybe the Prophet. And that's a different interpretation. And Islam never voids all the older books. Islam is wonderful in the sense that they accepted the differences, the way the Islamic scholars interpret it in a different way, probably the way that your hadith explained in Sahih Bukhari, it's different in tiramiji, or different, maybe, maybe, but there is always the similarities, the question is, we are thinking about the differences, but we are mostly not spending our time to find out that what are the similarities between the books, and that's even one of the solutions, That you can interpret between the books to come up with the mutual idea to come up with the mutual things okay Uh, let's say you select six people from the six uh, different books and uh, you let them interpret with each other they will not prove each other wrong they will not do it because they have the belief system that's okay it's fine it's cool but they will come up with a mutual idea okay we're interpreting with Prophet's life, we're interpreting with Islamic life, um, that's way bigger picture. In a bigger picture, you have to portray like what you're really looking forward to, what is your vision, uh, what is your idea that's coming up, what are you generating, and I think if you are focused in that way, your interpretation with things will not be different not
0: I think working together and finding similarities is really important, but understanding where the differences are will be able to help us figure out what we can and can't build together, which I think is a very important thing for unity. So, so for, for example, now, if you believe in nation states, for example, is the ideal that the world should exist in, then you're going to have a different idea to somebody who believes that a khalifa is the way that the world should be. Now, you might have lots of other things in the middle that you can work together. So, we, so one person who believes in nation states and the other person might believe in a khalifa may both believe in the free exchange of ideas and communication. So what we could build together is a university. What we couldn't build together is a nation. Well...
1: I know, like, from which perspective you're talking about because of the different sects of the religion that Islam has. I would say, if you think in a bigger picture, take it as a positive way. There's so many, uh, so many parts of Islam these days. So many people are living in different, different sects. And uh, people have conflict with each other. Understanding the terms and the conditions and you know the principles of different sects, and but if you are really a follower of Sunnah and if you're the follower of Islam, you stick to one point that's from there the idea of belief system starts. That exactly why I'm following this sect, what it offers us why it has uh, historic interference that I'm probably following why it has so many things to uh, give me why it has uh, why it's been uh, better than uh, the other or maybe why when we are thinking about the differences accept it let them follow still the whole point is At least they're following a religious life. Who cares? I'm a Sunni. Mm -hmm. Who cares? I'm a Shia. Who cares? I'm an Ahmadi. Who cares? I'm an wabi? I'm following and performing the principles of Islam. Period. No difference. Um, But when it's up to the interest of the whole Islamic nation, together, the whole world, you cannot be diplomatic there. Did you understand what I mean? Yeah. Like when it ups when it's up to Christianity, Catholic, Protestant, and so many other sects, maybe I don't know. I don't I don't know. They are together. Here the Islam falls. Not Islam falls, the followers of Islam fall that they are not united. The Islamic leaders need to be united the the So nobody's saying the people who are Shia, they're going to be changing from Shi'ism to Sunnism. The Sunni people will be Shia. No. They will not be trending the rituals, but they can accept it peacefully so that we don't have the conflict in between us, so that people don't find from other religions it's chaotic. There's nothing to offer from Islam.
0: The And I think that is the the beauty of, of nations, right? Because it allows the people with things in common to be able to work together. So, for example, a Sunni and a Shia, for example, both want to provide money and look after their families. So a Sunni and a Shia could start a business together. If they believe in a free exchange of ideas, they could start a university together. If they believe in peaceful nation states with freedom of expression they could even build a nation together where they're both free to live out their ideas but as soon as you want to start having a singular vision as soon as your vision of unity is connected to one powerful brand that's when unity becomes more difficult because then well what happens to people who are out of the brand
1: that's what i say it's like you will have to be Accurate with your ideas and you have to be strong and bold with your ideas. That's nobody can change your ideas and vision You'll have to be united as in United United. I mean for your prosperity You'll have to be united Uh, That's that's the whole point of peacekeeping There's the whole point of getting the heritage back of Islam that it had before You know and I believe that's possible people are waking up these days and uh, it's wonderful like see i have so many shia brothers here i have so many Ahmadi brothers here i have so many christian brothers here i have so many sunni brothers here i have so many other religious brothers too they have so many things to offer we are trying to build a community we are not exchanging on our religious views we are exchanging that, okay, we are religious. That is the idea. I'm not imposing my Sunni ideas in you. I can tell, okay, um, according to my Sunnah, this is wrong. I suggest you don't do that. I can give you a suggestion. I can't force you. Islam doesn't force you. That's the whole point, Thing that people have misinterpretation. People have misinterpretation about jihad. People have misinterpretation about how we do things. How Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did things. How Allah decides the things for us. That pisses me off. Because you understand everything. But you don't get yourself united with other people because of your ego. Because of your thousand, maybe five hundred years of heritage. Now, I don't I don't like Sunni people cause, because they're different. I don't like Shia people because they're different. No one. What is the sense of peacekeeping when you cannot be united? When you guys are at least holding yourself in the same religious roof that you are following Islam. Definitely you are following a different sects. But I'm still saying that why cannot be you cannot be a united nation together for your own development of your people. Of at least to hold yourself, uphold yourself. Okay islamic is this some people get influenced by the power some people get influenced by you know the money they are not thinking to relate yourself to the prosperity of the religion itself so it's going down
0: well i think part, partly what it's tied to right is the islamic calendar is is tied to the hijra which is when religion and state became one entity in islam so in Muhammad's time, if you read the Charter of Medina, he's clearly the highest religious official, he's the military commander, he's a civil administrator. He's all three of those things. And while there doesn't seem to be any clear succession of who's supposed to be next, unless you're Shia when you believe it's Ali who's supposed to be next, the Khalifa is basically somebody trying to fill all those three roles. And when you're trying to fill those three roles, it's very difficult to maintain unity because religious ideas are immediately tied to political ideas as well. So so what's actually been helpful of getting Europe out of that, because it was like that for a very long time, from about 800 AD to about 1500, is what Jesus says on his trial is, my kingdom is not of this world if it were, my servants would be fighting and so I'd not be handed over to you, but my kingdom is not of this world. So what you have in the Christian idea is you have this separation of powers that God has ordained governments to do a specific limited job and he's ordained religion to do a a wider job, but it is spread through persuasion, not through coercion. So I, so I think anytime-
1: time has the same thing too. When you when you read the Quran, you have um, if you are becoming a Muslim, you have so many things to uh, believe in. That's called iman. You have to you have to have iman in those things. One of them is uh, the holy book, holy prophets. So, if as a Sunni, I I'm believing on those things, I'm pretty sure hundred percent and I'm, I'm following Islam but except the peacekeeping since it became so chaotic people these days don't care about like okay reaching out other sects people about the thing but they are reading Quran as well if you properly read Quran you will follow the Sunnah I'm saying that I'm a liberal Muslim, I don't have any problems, you know, attending, uh, you know, Shia families, you know, I don't care. I love food. So, but still, I'm saying that if you can, if you can relate to yourself the words of the Holy Book, Quran, you shouldn't have any differentiations between your brothers. That's one thing. I told you, the way Jesus interpreted with the people okay there should not be any chaos among the servants he said we're saying the same thing there should not be any chaos in between the people but there's always a the political things there's always a the diplomacy there's always some people no religion is bad it's people who are bad not all the people some of the people those who are like virus, those who are like bacteria. and they infect people in their thought process, in their brainstorming, what they're thinking and how they're thinking and why they're thinking that even like, they don't have any idea.
0: So where is that? Because if you, Islam teaches the fitra, right? So everybody is supposed to be born neutral. So if the ideas aren't bad, are you saying the people are born bad or they're influenced yeah. to be bad? What, what's in, what where is the bad coming from the influences and then?
1: Coming from the influences, this, like if I'm born as a Sunni, I'm following the trend of Sunnah. Because I'm born in a Muslim family who is following the Sunnah. When I'm born in a Shia family, I'm following the Shia trend. When I'm born as a Ahmadi, I'm following the Ahmadi trends. When I'm born as a Ismaili, I'm following the Ismaili trend. Because I'm born. I'm born and I'm studying about it and some sort of I'm convinced that why I'm following Sunnah, why I'm following smiling, why I'm following Shia. but there is no there is no explanation was given to me to be brothers, to be united with the other brothers. Personally not, not with me and that's quite depressing, because we're falling, we're, we're under one roof of Islam. Islam is our sword, but our sword is broken into pieces. How a nation would go up when you break the sword? Let's say, the next 50 years Iraq will not be a great nation, because the sword is broken. It's, it's being rebuilt. You say Japan. 1940 the second world where the Japan was it had to work 50 60 years to be what they are today yes Dubai where it was it was just a desert like nothing is there today you are going there to spend your pounds or maybe dollars why because it's rebuilt the ideas why they're accepting the All the religious people, obviously, with their own rules and regulations. That's the beauty, actually. That gives you a sense of discipline. Yeah, so.
0: and, and I think meeting people and interacting with people is really helpful for that. In Dubai, a big, I think a big piece of that is a while ago, back when it wasn't very important, a group of Christians went over there and set up a hospital called Oasis Hospital in Al Ain, which is one of the Emirates. And it quickly became the best hospital in the Emirates. And all the rulers of Dubai were born in that hospital. All their children are born there. And when we're looking after each other's kids and providing things like medical care and services to each other, it's actually harder to alienate people, I think, because you're interacting with them regularly.
1: There are so many Christian schools back home too. And those are great colleges. Those are great schools. Muslim people stand in the line for the admission forms <laughs> to go for admission test. I was just gonna go to St. Mary's. I just gonna go to St. Placet. I wanna go to uh, if I'm a to go, I'm uh, trying to go go to St. Scholastic. If I'm if I'm graduated from the high school, I'm trying to go to Notre Dame College. Because those are the institutions that have the reputations. And the way we are understanding the standard of an education institution or maybe a hospital maybe maybe a mom, maybe anything why we are not understanding the value of our own that's the biggest question
0: well i think that question is a great question for another episode yeah i think we could do a whole episode on the, the sort of lost glory of islam of the islamic civilization and how to build great nations today and what the future looks like but for now thank you so much for having come on the show no problem james it's been wonderful and thank you guys for watching the almeida initiative podcast we'll be back next week with another episode